Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you want to go to rugby Let's go back to 7 with Squid. Hello, good afternoon, Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Squid Rugby World Cup retrospective Christmas podcast episode. The rugby podcast that has just had the test result back and doesn't have cancer. Uh, I mean, I meant coronavirus. <laughs> but my- Jesus Christ! <laughs> But my brain went, I've delivered that accidentally subconsciously in the way the woman in the room does when she says, I definitely have breast cancer. And so my brain accidentally Merry filled in. Oh, hold on a minute, these aren't your results. <laughs> my brain filled in, I don't have cancer, which is also true as far as I'm aware. Yeah, you but- have neither. Uh, I kind of feel like you should check now, just... <laughs> what you... the, the, no, just like we we didn't think about that beforehand. Mm. And I'd just rather have confirmation now with your okay. relative. Never, this is the end of the podcast. I'm going to pop off to the hospital <laughs> and hope the best. It's fine. I'll look after these two. It's fine. <laughs> no, I I thought this whole day I was going to have a COVID just hanging over this podcast, and I might discover whilst on air whether or not I have the coronavirus. But I got a negative <laughs> test back quite recently, so I don't. But instead. We have some guests who are not the coronavirus here to talk about the Christmasiest of rugby <laughs> moments. <laughs> we have returning after last year's glorious, glorious Christmas episode, the one and only Wales Online Zone, Mr. Ben James. How are we doing? Hello, I'm I'm very well. I'm I'm still reeling at the whole cancer thing, to be honest. <laughs> um but I think we've recovered well. I think we're on back on track with the podcast. So I think it's all it's all primed and ready to go, ready for to mine non cancer related comedy. Yep. Which some would say is the best kind of comedy. Um, <laughs> I'm on the fence. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have to say for now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the whole pod, I, that is. You don't have to I, say anything else now. Well, fellas, I'm going to go. <laughs> And we're also joined by from Rock and Roll, Mr. Gravstaff. How are you doing? How are we doing? How are we? I, I, I'm good. And as far as I know, free of any ailments that uh, may have been inflicted upon. It's these slick introductions that's got you the notoriety amongst the rugby community that you deserve. It really is. Um, <laughs> it's that and sheer pity for the fact I've been telling people I'm a cancer survivor for a few years. <laughs> and I've finally broken the immersion. I, I will um, make the point that Grav is making his debut on this podcast yes. at Christmas. Uh, and the very first thing you mentioned is the fact that you don't have cancer. And Grav, the good thing is that you're one of two people in the whole world who you've listened to our podcast before, haven't you? I, I am the other one, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. So you know that the bar is sometimes a little bit higher than that. 
Uh, well, I mean, that's what I'm referring to. No, no. <laughs> I mean, almost every episode, one of you will find a way to get a name wrong. So I was all, I was impressed <laughs> that you at least got that far. It, it just yeah. it fell off the edge after that. But we're okay. We're fine. <laughs> We carry yeah, it on. You could, as, you as could you see said. the sheer amount of effort it took out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I am now knackered for the next hour, and nothing productive is coming out of my mouth. Yeah, as as Will I, just said, I, oh, I don't, I don't listen to the podcast actually. <laughs> yeah. for, for the for the record, you I, guys, you guys, you're the Australian guy who talks about murders, isn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, case case files. Yeah, have you? It. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't, it's it's a podcast. I've never actually listened back to our own podcast, but I believe it's about Kellogg's because it's serious. Don't make me. Don't make me. Thank you. Oh let's go man, away. let's go I'll, away. Let's I'll, go I'll, I'll I'll pull that Christmas um, cracker for you. Let's go home. Let's go <laughs> back to. Is is the Ben James laugh track too much of a callback? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we might need it a few times today. The good thing is it will sound different because I've so clearly lost my voice. Um, <laughs> So at least now, like a laugh track, it sounds like it wasn't just me laughing after everything I said. You sound tuneful, Ben. Uh, it would. Yeah. Christ, yeah. My voice you know, is <laughs> really going. Ben, uh, Ben, uh, I was uh, so recently I, I listened back to our previous Christmas episode just to to regain some context. I have a question for you, Ben, to to open things on. Oh, Were God. Keen top of your um, Spotify rap this year? No, I don't think Keen featured. No, they're not. The song. The Very... song. The song Meat Pie Sausage Roll, Come On England, Give Us a Goal, was about 93. <laughs> it just tells you. I think Grandstand was in there somewhere, the Grandstand oh, theme. Yeah. You um, really are a sports writer, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, match of the Day theme tune, top three. <laughs> I think Jay, Keen is still the worst part of that whole playlist. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on I'm not... I think I regaled the story last year about how Keen are effectively Michael Jackson... Without drugs, was that the? <laughs> I think I did this. My university lecture once claimed that basically Keen were what what, what music, musicians are when you don't do drugs. So I don't, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, well, I've I, never heard a better advert for doing drugs than that. that is, yeah. <laughs> well, the worst the, the worst thing was, and I think I mentioned it on last year's pod, was the example they used for good music on drugs was Alien Ant Farm's version of um, Thriller, which is like, <laughs> I mean, surely almost every I, musician ever like. The Stones, Johnny Cash, the Beatles did quite a lot of drugs. No, they, they, they're notoriously better than Keen, I would say. I hey, I'll take. I, I can't. I can't remember. His, <laughs> I can't remember his surname, but Tom from Keen is Tom Chaplin from Keen. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> he's a stand-up guy. He once did a song with Kane on. Remember him? No, oh. no. World, <laughs> 20, 2010 World Cup waving flag. Oh really? Was he involved in that? No, not not the World Cup. He did a shit song like a year later. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like no. He, yeah, yeah. Keen, sorry, yeah, yeah. Keane wrote "Waving Flag." They've done a lot of South African themed songs. Free Nelson Mandela was one of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Shosha Loza was an early B side. I think they wrote all of the stuff for Rodriguez. That was all of that. <laughs> oh right. Basically, I've, I've also seen Searching for Sugar Man. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, Razzie is a massive, massive fan. And I hear mm. that's where he is right now, having a wonderful Christmas. Ben, you're also wearing a Springbok shirt right now. Yes. I was, in South, I was, I I was in South Africa this year and genuinely I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I think that's for the best. You were there for the Lions tour, though, weren't you? Um, 
<laughs> partly, yes. Okay. Part, partly. Hold on. Yeah. Are you, are you are you one of the dozens that Razzie's kidnapped? Uh, um, I can neither <laughs> confirm or deny. What are these allegations against as Razzie? I'm just you know. Look, we just saw that he's willing to break literally any boundary uh, just to show that world rugby stacked against him. And That's you know, true. if there's if 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 there's a reason that he had to um, kidnap the wonderful writer Ben James, then I'm sure that he would he would he would. He was, he was he was trying to make me write for a rugby onslaught, which I thought was a step too far because <laughs> they they both share the same yellow circles. Yeah, I, uh, I can't confirm that Ben has been kidnapped by Razzie. We did down a pint of Guinness in a hot tub before we before we came. <laughs> in there, so. <laughs> it could just be coincidence. I call that the Phil the Phil Steel diet. <laughs> <laughs> Oranges, but only at half time. Seventeen articles on Wales Online tomorrow analyzing Razzie's dog. Oh my <laughs> Looking at you know, I mean, it could the, happen. My favorite comment on the Razzie dog thing was. Someone, you know, there was one comment from someone saying, oh, they should be picked for the Springboks because, you know, they're a good jump being done by Razzie's dog, who can jump. But there was a reply saying, no, he'd have to play for England because the the jump wasn't that good. And so he could therefore make the England team, but not the Springbok team. (laughs) The thing is, right, because Razzie made that joke where he said, um, like, oh, yeah, you're trying to bite me. This means you should play for England. It's like, oh, yeah, good bounce there, Razzie. Mm. But for the Springbok fans to be that insecure that they're that they're fighting over how good a was... dog can jump, of how qual- on how qualified they are. No, 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 no. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like Springbok Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> There's, and I know for people who identify as Welsh, saying anything about Twitter is an open goal for literally everyone listening. Sure, um, of course. Well, Welsh, Welsh rugby Twitter's yeah. just yeah. The, the, the amazing thing about you know, like most rugby Twitters want to fight each other. Whereas Rose Rugby Twitter's just too interested in infighting. Yes. They don't. They don't actually care about being aggressive towards anyone else. They just they're only angry with Pontypool. Um, I don't know. They they do hate the Irish. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Squidge, especially you. I yeah. just play up to that now. I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Um, that, that's Welsh mentality all over, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you've ever been to Cumcan or Abacan, they hate each other. It's basically the same street. Yeah. But if there wasn't a sign, you did you wouldn't know you were leaving one village and entering another one. It's what it's not Welsh Twitter mentality. It's just Welsh mentality. Yeah, it's true. We could we could we could get into this, but I played a game for Cumcan, by the way. Really? The wing. Oh, really? Um, that was a bizarre day. Tell us about it. Oh, they 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 turned up with like eleven players, mm. so they they wanted to borrow four. I right. tried my very best to start the scrum half, <laughs> and then their coach wandered across and he said, "How long have you been playing scrum half?" And I said, "About forty five seconds." <laughs> and then it got pointed out that the boy who they had moved to fullback was actually a scrum half, so I started on the left wing instead. Ah, but my own player, not my own player, as in playing for the club that I should have been playing for in the head, like within 30 seconds of kicking off. It was a, it was a good day, and that was the only touch of the ball I had. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where you need Eddie Jones as coach, because they play rugby without numbers, which is totally original. And England, England are the first team to do it, and they'll be the last yeah. team to do it. So You know they yeah. invented four new positions this year? Yeah, there's, there's one called Centre X. 
that's, a, that's, 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 that's Ben Ryan. Ben Ryan invented that a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. also also invented fullback X, wing X. Here's um here's an interesting thing that so recently I've had a bit of a conundrum with the team I've been coaching because there's the, mm. basically we've had a, a, a something forced upon us where uh, we've had a couple of games where numbers have been quite short and somebody instead of like combining with a, a nearer team or something or borrowing players whatever you know we've had somebody say to us oh yeah there's a lot of other forms of rugby you can try you know there's tens there's twelve aside you could try rugby X and I was like no we can't try rugby X <laughs> firstly we're not in the O2 arena secondly Ben Ryan isn't here to oversee it and and double check that what we're doing is definitely rugby x Thirdly, that was a one-off event that happened once you but, should try it though you should try it see if ben ryan just appears i do want to see the one on drawn one over I'm t- kind of tempted to give that a go i like yeah. that part of rugby x well world rugby changed the laws now whereby anything can be rugby as long as you've got a rugby <laughs> yeah. ball and some people it's rugby it doesn't matter yeah. you can do what you like you can just you yeah. can completely make the rules up which is how american football got invented to be fair but <laughs> you can just do whatever you want and call it rugby and world rugby are fine with so it. is this rugby what we're doing yeah. now? Oh, yeah. got, hold on. Oh, I do. I genuinely do. Here, Here we, we are. It's now yes. officially. Okay. Is, and do you know what? Do you know what? This is a beautiful segue because the ball I'm holding right now. I know exactly where is this is going. A Guinness Pro 14 ball, right? And I procured this ball at a media event for the Guinness Pro 14 about Wait, two what? years ago. Yep. You got a ball? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <as> I... <laughs> You did you steal the ball or did you actually like win? <laughs> I didn't get anything. So, yeah, I was at the end of the day, they just had like three balls lying there that had been set up as like set dressing for a shot for something. Um, oh, and one of the trade. guys from the Pro 14 just went, Do you want a ball? and just gave it to me. So I walked out with a ball that me and Paul Williams, you know, now beloved author and Welsh rugby Twitter person who fights with no one, which is a real USP of his, we pass it around in the car park a bit. And then I went home with this ball, and I'm very sorry, Ben. I, I didn't even get a pint of Guinness that day. Oh man! Oh. I had to, I had to go. I had to go back to the office to do a football podcast, which then got cancelled. So oh, oh no! I was going to get. I was going to get my face printed on a pint of Guinness. Yeah. Stand next to Reese Patchell and drink a pint of Guinness with my face so, on it, and then that didn't happen. So I got the Squid Rugby Reese. logo printed on a pint of Guinness that day because I. I was just sort of ambiently li- waiting for something or listening to something happening or whatever next to Ross Harris, the presenter yep. from the telly. Who deemed your um, face not good enough. The man of TV. <laughs> I, was, I was just stood next to Ross Harris and I kind of went like, I'm going to say hello to Ross Harris. So I said hello to Ross Harris. And me and Ross Harris had a little chat. Turned out we'd both been to see Courtney Barnett uh, a year earlier in Cardiff at the same gig. We, we talked about that for a bit. He pitched me a documentary and I was a bit like, I can't commission this. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> a bit out of place on Squid was... Rugby YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was very lovely. He was very nice. And then he said to me, do you fancy a pint? But in Ross Harris's voice. And I thought, I don't. It's one in the afternoon, but I'm not going to say no to a pint with Ross Harris because <laughs> I've been watching this man on Scrum 5 since I was about 13. So... He went over, he got his face printed on a Guinness. I got the Squid Rugby logo painted on the Guinness. And we stood there. I We drank like half of it together. Then he walked off to go and talk to Sean Holly instead. <laughs> Bet he well, regrets that. Yeah, um, that's harsh. He left for Sean Holly. <laughs> Unless he had his guitar. Maybe they were going to have a sing song. Oh, maybe. Do you think he would have worked his guitar out? Because sort of waltzing <laughs> the Wallabies again. Almost certainly. <laughs> Do you think when um, Sean Holly got his, he asked for Shane Williams's face in the Guinness instead? <laughs> I, I, 
Daniel Bigger, I think he asked for. Clem oh, Daniel yeah. Bigger, who I used to coach. Yes. <laughs> Did you know he used to coach? I'd like to take some of the blame for this. <laughs> I've been <laughs> rang Sean Holly up during the line, so to talk about when he used to coach Dan Bigger. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're wondering who keeps... Why does Sean Holly keep talking about it? It's because people like me keep asking. <laughs> Well, that's me shutting my yeah. mouth. I'm just going to... Where's the I, I tried, I tried Stephen Jones. We didn't, we didn't pick the phone up, so I ended up speaking <laughs> to Sean. The original idea for the story was to speak to every living Lions Welsh fly half, and then within about four days, I realised none of them were going to pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like, I'm not sure how many are alive. Yeah, it's not... Bill Bennett, Barry Jock, yeah, you know, Barry, there's Gareth, some like... Gareth Davis. Gareth Davis, yeah. Neil Jenkins. I think they're fullback. Yeah, he played fullback, yeah. so I wasn't going to pick him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the Lions coaching staff, so I'm never going to speak to him. Yeah, I, there are lots of them who are busy at the moment. So yeah. be on a Lions tour. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you've got a couple on the Lions tour, and you've got Barry John in every pub at once in Cardiff. <laughs> Sat in the old arcade waiting for Ben yeah. Paul. <laughs> That's like uh, my friend Adam, who's been on this podcast, was on an episode during the 20th World Cup. Was telling when I saw him a couple of months ago about the time he was he was being accosted by a drunk man in a bar who was just talking at him, at him, at him, at him, at him while he was watching a game of rugby on the TV. Uh, and then he realised halfway through being really sick and tired of this guy that it was Barry John. <laughs> um. A genuine story. I don't think I've ever told this on my own podcast, and it's one of my mm. favorites. So I'm going to. Okay. Um, that family friend of ours, Ray, playing mm-hmm. rugby in the seventies, and every club had to send two representatives down to the Angel Hotel, um, and they were going to have a little award ceremony after a Wales England game in the Six Nations. Yeah. And so the Wales team were in one room in the Angel Hotel, and then all these random players from all over Wales are in the other one. Okay. But there's only one toilet for both rooms. So all these people are like queuing up for the toilet. And mm. so Ray taps the guy in front of him on the shoulder and he's like, that's uh, that's John Taylor. That's John Taylor. They go into it. And the guy goes, wait. And he's like, just just there, just about to go to that's John Taylor. And he's like, oh, is he is he famous? I was like, is he, he plays for Wales. And it's John, it's John Taylor. It's John Taylor. <laughs> so he said they had a good like 10 minute conversation with this guy. And he's going, I'll go over and speak to him. He's like, don't, don't speak to him. He's on a night out. Leave him alone. So this guy goes to the toilet and walks out mm. and one of our players puts hands on Ray's shoulder and he says, how do you know Barry John then? And he literally <laughs> spent 10 minutes explaining to Barry John who John Taylor was, who obviously seen the funny side of it and just kept <laughs> it going. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yikes. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what drink does. Harry that's John why you don't is... start drinking at one o'clock in the afternoon with Ross Harris. <laughs> yeah, that's where it could have led to. If only. Uh, Shay Williams reached across to me to get to the buffet that day, which was a very surreal moment that I still want to tell 10-year-old me about. One day, I'll invent a time machine. I will not see baby Hitler at all. I will not do anything meaningful, but I will tell 10-year-old me that one day Shay Williams will reach across you at a buffet and he'll go, what, the virtuous scrum off? <laughs> Wait, will, you, uh, will you try and hold him up, those if he's just like a Volavon or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just out of instinct <laughs> so I began what was going to be a very smooth segue but we got <laughs> yes, a very so I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to apologise I just had some stuff to <laughs> no. work out <laughs> so the day I procured that ball that I was holding just there 
was the day that the first segment, and the idea is the day we're going to run through three various clips of rugby-related <laughs> YouTube <laughs> things. That's the aim. That's the aim. <laughs> the first one was shot on this media day where I got this ball and met the one and only Mr. Ben for the... Mr. Ben? You met Mr. Mr. Ben? <laughs> I met Mr. Ben. What he was he doing changed. at rugby media? He came out, yeah, he went into the closet, came out as a rugby writer, uh, listening to Keane. I didn't um, know Mr. Ben was gay either. <laughs> <laughs> they progress in these cartoons. <laughs> so, the first clip, and we'll leave this in a description or in a you know Twitter link or yeah, something yeah, as well, yeah. so people can look back on them, is a clip filmed for BBC Wales for Scrum 5 interviewing the various Pro 14 media types. So every team sent a coach and a player that day from the Pro 14 at the time. And they asked them all Christmas-related questions. Yes. Following so far. <laughs> Sorry, was, it, was that like opening, the, like opening to the floor for discussion? <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> it, it went well. My bad. I, was, I, 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 was did about, I did about you when I was watching it. I was expecting Halloween, but it was Christmas. And that, that, that to me was surprising. Is that, sort, <laughs> is that the sort of comment you were looking for? Uh, very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They should have given you a ball. Um, <laughs> so, so no. So the, the video begins. The first thing they ask them after some nice shots of Reese Patchell and Brad Moore and the likes putting on Santa hats, which is very yeah. festive. A, during... I've noted Reese Patchell and uh, Ryan Wilson with, with red noses on, looking nice. particularly dashing. I think it was snow. sort of, what, early November at the time when they shot with a shot? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what it was. It was the hmm. day after Alan Clark got sacked. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Hooky and Richie Pugh turned up with the Ospreys having not made an announcement because yeah. they were still sort of in a league. They were, they were like they were like in a legal sort of uh, state of flux, so they hadn't announced it. Everyone else knows that Alan Clark's <laughs> and you had Hooky and Richie Pugh basically just fielding like softball questions about Christmas all day, while the, while the whole region was just in a state of like absolute chaos. So that that was fun. So I think I've told so the story. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Not November. Yeah. We had our we had our post World Cup night out that night, mm. so it must have been then. Right. I think I've told this story before in the pub. Will will remember better than me about my James Hook story. I don't think I you have like told I've, that on. No, I've not told in on this fact, No, you you have, but Hooky came up last year. Christmas Yeah. <laughs> so. Like a week earlier when James Hook had been playing for the Ospreys, I'd, or a couple of weeks earlier, whatever, uh, I tweeted something about how badly he was playing. Someone tagged him. And then James Hook himself replied saying, call yourself an Ospreys fan or whatever. Why don't you support the team? Which, you know, fair enough. And I was very harsh in his performance. And I don't blame him for sticking it for himself. I then forgot about this. He then forgot about this. But then... As I say, so the, the, this media day had been, been a nightmare. We were told not to be, not to talk about it, but that's all anyone wanted to talk about was the fact Alan Clark, the Ospreys head coach at the time, had been sacked the day beforehand. And they sent, yeah, Richie Pugh, who'd been coaching for like two weeks at the time, and James Hook. And I was doing interviews with Andy McGeady from, you know, who does the Under the Post, Under the Six yeah. podcast. Yeah. And they'd paired us up to do interviews, the Pro 14 themselves. And as James Hook and Richie Pugh were about to walk into the room, one of the guys from the Pro 14 said, Robbie, did you have beef with James Hook on Twitter about two weeks ago? And I went, kind of, why? And he went, brilliant. I'm going to remind him and send him into the room now. 
because they figured if the interview became me and James Hook bickering at each other, we wouldn't talk about Alan Clark. <laughs> they are they are rascals, the profilsy. I yeah. mean, they're the, whatever it's called. Yeah, they shouldn't have given you that ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it was probably an apology. <laughs> the, I hope the they gave James that... Hook a ball as well. He did have take a... this away. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did it? How did how did it go? Was it um, was it okay? Fixed? I mean, I yeah. I mean, he beat me up repeat. You know, he threw a few hooks. Nice, nice. Then Mister um, Ben came in to try he... and split everything up, yeah. calm everyone down. It's like, gentlemen, gentlemen, no need for this. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Ben's day out as a goal kicker. Uh, he definitely wasn't going as James Hook then. Um, so, <laughs> doesn't look, look. That was only the second worst silence of the podcast so far. <laughs> I didn't tell James Hook he had cancer, so it's okay. Yeah. It went better than that. No, I mean, what the two stand up moments were James Hook saying, Oh, you know, you say you're an Ospreys fan, but da 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 da. Uh, and I interrupted him to say, well, I did travel down to watch play Saracens at the weekend. And he went, oh, did you? Fair enough. Because it, it was something like 42-0 to Saracens that weekend. And the other one, the other moment was James Hook saying, yeah, sometimes you have haters and trolls and so on online, but always it's someone who looks like that and pointed at me. <laughs> a man who can't even get his face in a Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you didn't have a face in the Guinness in case James Hook recognises you wasn't sparkling? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, when that Guinness thing was there and at the lunch thing as well around it, like, I kept almost walking past James Hook and we had to, like, awkwardly avoid each other whilst just trying to, re- you know, let Shane Williams reach across me to get to the sausage rolls. I'm just picturing, like, you've just left your Guinness with your face lying around and he's just looked in it and seen a reflection gone. It's him again. <laughs> it's one of those people who looks like that. He did refer to me as my troll, which was appreciated. That means you're his. I've got an official title. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're official now. You're something to him. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking Give of which... Give Ben your fucking ball, you fuckwit. <laughs> I should I should add. I, I was really friendly to James out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I had been. I think I'd, I'd do a podcast that was going out like a week after that. Mm. So I just remember him and going him and Richard's like, so do you think Alan will be sacked this time? <laughs> <laughs> just a small yes. talk, yeah? That was, that was even off mic. Yeah, I just said, like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Otherwise, I'd say, do you think he'll be gone next week? Yeah, do you think Alan Clark will be sacked this time yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I also found out that day that he was writing his kids' book, but I never, oh, yeah. I never ran that story. I thought I'd leave it, and then I think ITV did it or BBC. Mm. The one that got always away. next time. You <laughs> that exclusive, getting away from you. Uh, no, no. Just, <laughs> you but you definitely didn't insult him. No, no, no. <laughs> no. He definitely didn't. Yeah. You know, wish you malice in the same way he did. Other, I will mention his other people on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if. If Kilvanid had particularly bad COVID um, at the start of lockdown, but if so, then me, Hooky, and Nige could be responsible for a super spreader event there. Because <laughs> the night before the Wales Scotland game got called off, we did a live podcast there, and Jesus Christ, like just the amount of people who were like giving him hugs and giving Nige mm. hugs and handshakes, even though we sort of said we think this COVID thing might be bad. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, come on, Nige. It's like, oh, fuck that. So I don't know how many people in that club are still alive now. And you've waited two years, let Kelly Jones from the Stereophonics take the shit for this. And it turns out <laughs> he's you, James. He cancelled the gig for the first time ever this time round. Phonics, phonics couldn't have uh, filled out Kilvani the rugby club. <laughs> let me tell you that now. We'll be able to find it. <laughs> Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So to move back to this video very quickly, oh, yeah. look, we, we can move away. Again. Oh yeah, there's a lot of highlights in the video, isn't there? Um, this is a good video. It's a good video. So about Christmas. The first question they ask is, were you on the naughty or nice list this year? Right. And I do wonder, because they've trimmed this down quite a lot. I reckon there probably are a lot of players who didn't answer or just said nice or said something incriminating, possibly along or the way. answered it properly, like a really long answer, you know, yeah. which you don't want. You just want a one second answer, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. They're all one word answers and they, they all either say no. I think someone says. Uh, the ones that made the cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the worst. It's the worst one to start off with as well. Mm. It yeah, is all I... just one word answers and it's flat. Everyone just phones it in. Just nice. Yeah. Apart from Brad Moore. Brad Moore <laughs> says, I think I'm mischievous, but nice. Yeah. Which is a yeah. good answer. So I've written down, okay, <laughs> where everything went. Jack O'Donoghue, Dan McFarlane, Luke Marshall, and Roger Williams and Reese Patchell all say nice. Ryan Wilson is the only person that outright says he's been naughty. I believe um, that, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I've yeah. seen him play. You know, that makes sense. Brad Moore, the Scarlet's coach at the time, says I was mischievous, <laughs> but nice, which he always seemed like such an over-the-toply nice character. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. He's just playing raises questions now. Like, he's literally no. too humble to say he's on the nice list. But was he <laughs> either that, or this is him admitting to the fact that he is the smiling serial killer? <laughs> it could be. Have we got crime rates in West Wales from before and after he left the Scarlets. No. Uh, ben. Gone <laughs> <in the ground. laughs> I mean, um, I can't think of anything funny to say about West Wales without sort of getting sacked. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, um, yeah, he's, that's, you know, that's, the, that's the first time I've ever met Brad Moore. Mm. To be fair, he wasn't he wasn't here very long. He wasn't here very long. No. I, if he was it. a serial killer, it was a very short spate of crimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, was they often are. it was just one mad weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of hand. <laughs> that was that was that Lara Show quarterfinal. It really went downhill after that. <laughs> the other response is by Michael Bradley, who says, and this is my favorite answer, depends who you're talking to. Nice. 
That's a really... Because he had a couple of those where he would avoid the question in quite a specific manner, but you don't know what the subtext is, so it doesn't quite make sense. Do you know, that answer is directly from Blind Date. That's the kind of... You know, the the clip of Amanda holding on Blind Date, that's exactly the kind of answer she would have given if Scylla does. So it depends on who you ask. And then Graham would have thrown (laughs) it in as a reminder. But who are we asking? Which, which begs, let's play the new game show. <laughs> Who does Michael Bradley not want you to ask? About oh, I, thought we gonna, I thought we were going to play Blind Date for a second. <laughs> we should. We I've, should. We could. Have any of you seen the getting on Scylla Black tangents? Please. Have any of you seen the thing on Twitter? It's something to do. She used to, a habit she used to have was on a Sunday, she used to like smear, what was it? Was it an apple or something with an oxo cube and eat it? What? What? Which was technically because I think was she a strict Catholic or a strict Christian and they couldn't eat meat on a Sunday. So she genuinely thought she was gonna to go to hell for basically eating an OXO cube oh, on, I mean, on a Sunday. And there's like so, this there's like this great video of her talking about it on Twitter, and then you just saw people sort of mocking up photoshops of her and Rose West. Um <laughs> and it's just it's glory. It's probably I probably got some of my bookmarks, so it's one of my favourite tweets. But Didn't she? She famously so, went to the Cavern Club by the Beatles with it. Could she not have just had a word with Linda McCartney about some sausages? <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's That's ways it means. I don't know why did they leave that scene out of Last Night in Soho. <laughs> why, why? Why did they bring Silver Black in and not have her eat an Oxo cube? Smear on an apple. Yeah. That's oh, sorry, I, really I, I like apologize. That. It was it was an orange. So she cut an, an orange. orange. That's completely. Different. I'm, I'm watching the video now. She cut an orange in half. She literally just rub an Oxo cube on it. There's a video. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I want to click it. I'm still a black in this video. But um, <laughs> yeah, the first comment was, you know, she went straight to hell. And this is... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's in my bookmarks. Oh, God. <laughs> For anyone listening to this podcast, yeah, Ben's just shown us the video and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I say what we'll put a link that in the uh, podcast description. As well. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. We've given that a bit more light than the the stuff we're meant to be talking about. So yeah. I do love how quickly you found that. I've got it to hand now. Oh, oh, that's incredible. So the the naughty and nice thing. Any more comments on that before we go to the next question? The only one I truly believe is Roger Williams when he says he's nice. Yes. <laughs> he genuinely yes. has come across as like almost quiet boy esque. So I think Patchell comes across as quite nice. Oh, yeah, I, well. I see him as nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, I can't remember his answer. <laughs> I think he's no, I'm, I'm not just I'm saying 100% you. buying Ryan Wilson being naughty constantly. Yeah. yeah. Only because Shithouse List was not an option. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I, re- I reckon he answered that first. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, just like, catch her hand and go can we just try it again? <laughs> They then ask, what gift do you want for Christmas this year? Mm, the best present you can get. And, and the, <laughs> the opener's quite good on this. Yeah. So, look, I think, Ben, it's your turn to, to talk about James Hook. Because <laughs> I've done it enough. What do you say? He says pants um, and socks, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. This is, um, effectively, this is a running joke in our office. Mm. Um, right? Um, one of the one of the WhatsApp groups I'm in was for for, an, for a long time named Extra Pants and Socks <laughs> because the Six Nations 
after that, mm. uh, I went out to Dublin for the, the Island game. It was Storm Chiara, or Chiara, oh, yeah. as they pronounce it over there, um, at the time. So they had me, they basically were like, well, what would be good so if you just walk around Bristol Airport and speak to people, mm-hmm. see how, you know, how, how are you going to deal with going to Dublin and Storm Chiara, you know, once you get stuck out there. So I did that. And um, a few of the boys in the office pointed out that every person I spoke to, the first question, if not the last question I definitely asked, would be, got any extra pants and socks? <laughs> um, <laughs> to the point where just like every person I was speak, speaking to was like, oh, you got you got your extra pants and socks ready? So that's, yeah. So when Hooky said that, I had sort of Vietnam-style flashbacks to Bristol Airport. <laughs> Where also, hilariously, I spoke for about 20 minutes. They're like, speak to people who are going to Dublin. So I saw this massive group of supporters in, in Wales jerseys, and I thought, great. They're half cut. It's about 11 o'clock. They'll be great to speak to. So I went and sat down with them. They were very welcoming, some more than others. You know you know what it's like? Middle-aged Welsh rugby fans, the husband's full of um, stuff to speak about. The, the wife's usually a bit touchy-feely. So I started speaking to them for a good 20 minutes. And then I thought, so where are you staying in Dublin? They went, Dublin? No, we're going to Alicante. We watch the island match in Spain there every year. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> so I, I basically completely wasted 20 minutes of my life in, in Bristol Airport. Um, People wasted far more. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, again, yeah, so I, I think Hookie's answer is sensible. Yes, in conclusion, yes. Yeah, so yeah, in conclusion. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. it's a very unchanged look answer. This is my thing with it. Like this guy was one of the most <laughs> exciting players of his generation. Mm. He yeah, was lauded the... as the next Barry John. He could come up with anything. It's not real. They're not going to give it to you. <laughs> he could have sort of a unicorn or any know, sports car, anything you want. That pants and B- BBC were asking the questions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he also specifies. He specifies you can never have too many pants or socks. So that, right. that implies, you know, if a sports car was on the table, maybe convert the amount of money you would spend on a sports car to how many pants and socks you could get with that. Who knows? James Hook might have a room full of pants and socks. Make it canon. I think he, I think that's actually going to be in his next children's book. You know, he, he's written <laughs> the next one is called "You Can Never Have Too Many Pants or Socks." Yeah. Too many two books about chasing a rugby dream, and then a third one, which is entirely about trying to get enough pants and socks <laughs> for you to live with. I, 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 how many pants and socks are too many pants and socks? Because he does say you can never have too many pants and socks, can you? Because he goes yeah. full Welsh and all his answers. Well, it's, it's, yes. Yeah, because jumping ahead, I love when, I love when he goes, "Little donkey, is it?" Yes, yeah. Oh, little donkey, is it? Oh, Uncle just... Bryn. He sounds like Uncle Bryn from Gavin and Stacey, as he says it. Oh. Oh, they used to sing when you were young. I think I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the childlike excitement in his face. I, I, yeah. I was. It was superb. He looks so happy answering our question. He has that um, look of us. Oh, that's uh, a banger, actually. I've not heard yeah. that in a few years. Never I'm assuming been... this was before we met Robbie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he seems really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect on everyone I meet. Um, <laughs> there's never been a moment, you know, that little donkey moment. Never been a moment where James Hook reminded me more of my granddad. <laughs> but oh, oh, it's very, very full on that one beat. Very well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jamie Ritchie says his perfect present is shoes. Fair enough. Okay. Richie Pugh's favorite present is slippers, which yeah. I like it. It's a bit more specific. Again. It's very foot-based. 
Yeah. Mm. Mm. Like, well, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino presents the Pro 14. But <laughs> but it then it then There's far I more mean, blood bins. It, it then gets well. Speaking, of, I mean, it's, and um, far fewer HIAs because everyone's lost their heads. It gets worse because there's off. there's one answer that multiple multiple people will say, <clears throat> and you think, yeah. oh yeah, there's one thing, there's yeah. one thing that two people want. It would be, oh yeah, toys or you yeah, know, I'd, bloody. Uh, I'd want a PS5. I'd want shoes and even so- yeah. pants and socks because it's such a staple, like cliche Christmas present. Yeah, exactly. Something, a new yeah. hat, orange and an Oxo cube. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> and a black LP. <laughs> Chocolate oranges without superficial damage. But no, instead, the, both Dean Ryan and it's Alberto, Alberto Scarby. Scarby say a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. I know Alberto Scarby is very firm on it. Whereas... Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh, a chainsaw. He's very casual as well. Yeah, like, he's a bit I, what like, I wanted yeah. is a chainsaw. Yeah. I've already asked my wife for this. Yes. Or, you know, my mom and the police. Yes. yes. <laughs> whereas. Whereas Dean Ryan's a bit more like, why? Well, he's self-aware. Yeah. What I what I want is a chainsaw. But then that, <laughs> because that... I'm not really, I'm struggling to motivate my players. So I think if I just stand at the end of the paddock with a chainsaw, they might win a game this yeah. season. So Dean and Ryan shows a little bit of guilt. Skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the thing is, watching that, that made me then think, oh, okay. Am I strange for not wanting a chainsaw for Christmas? Like, is that what most people want? No, I, I, I came. No, I it's came a bloody away from chainsaw. I came away from that day wanting a chainsaw. <laughs> well, funny you should say that because Roby James on the way out picked up the Pro 14 jeans. <laughs> no, James Hook chased me out with one. Um, <laughs> it's the so... most terrifying answer you can ever give to what you yeah. want. Yeah. Oh, you, you just like... know that as soon as Dean Ryan's come in, they just got. Bloody nutter just before you wanted a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even keep a straight face, Dean Ryan, as he says it. He's trying really hard not to laugh as he declares his, his want for a chainsaw. Whereas Alberto Scarby, you listen yeah. to him ask for a chainsaw. He really means it. He has killed and he will kill again. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I feel like Dean Ryan loves to shot like surprise people. Mm. He, he, I think he always seems to pick the answer that people don't expect him to say. Sure, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, he yeah. does. He does it a bit. Am I right in thinking we didn't hear Scarby's answers to whether he's on the naughty or nights list? Because I think they're making <laughs> a confession. <laughs> I'm not on the naughty or nights list, but I am on a police watch list. Does that count? <laughs> do you think maybe the reason? I think they must have cut him out of the naughty or nice bit. But do you think that was because he said, "Look, I've got something to confess. Yeah, I actually I think- killed a man." And they were like, whoa, we can't put that in there. Okay, tell me what you want for Christmas. Chainsaw. <laughs> Bleach. Uh... What's your favourite Christmas song? Killing in the name. <laughs> uh, speaking of, that's so, the next question they go on yeah. to, is favourite Christmas song. So who is it in the Ulster shirt? Is it... Um, Dan Coach? McFarland. Dan McFarland. I thought it was Dan McFarland, yeah. yeah. So he says Last Christmas by Wham, which is uh, a controversial choice. Um, hey, Marshall. Last, last Christmas, Alberto Sharby cut out your heart and gave it to you. <laughs> last Christmas, I handed you your ass. <laughs> and the very next day, you. Um, sorry, go on. I, said, I started that in the hope I'd come up with something by the time I got to the end of the lyric, and I did not. Uh, Luke Marshall and Roger Williams both say Fairy Tale of New York. Oh, yeah. Just... Um, and but... so does Jack O'Donoghue. Oh, and Jack O'Donoghue, yeah. Scott Fardy says Jingle Bells. Mm. You know, it's a, it's, it's a good choice from Scott Fardy, I think. 
Can you imagine Scott Fardy singing Jingle Bells? No. Just um, take a moment. Yeah, everybody take a moment. Just, just, just picture it. Put Oxo Cube on the orange. <laughs> <laughs> it's something for Terry's to think about next year, though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oxo chocolate orange, <laughs> or an orange chocolate chainsaw. <laughs> Tick every box. Alberta Scarpa can have one downstairs and in his stocking. What, one body in each? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. The stocking has just got a severed leg still in it. (laughs) His stocking's made of a real human leg. So Dean Ryan, after the Mm. chainsaw answer that he was laughing at, he answers that his favourite Christmas song is a song called Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. I'm not familiar with this song, but suddenly we can link, link this up. It's the Ramones. Right, okay. He does, I'm not yeah. I'm not familiar with this song, but um it very much checks out with his previous chainsaw answer. <laughs> <laughs> I I've become a bigger fan I I like Dean Ryan anyway, and I think he's a very good mm. I've become a bigger fan of Dean Ryan having watched this video. Mm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mostly because he terrifies me, but it's a it's a great one. like everyone chooses the pogs, which I think I would under pressure. As in I would okay, choose the pogs under pressure, nor I would choose Queen and David Bowie thinking it's a Christmas song. <laughs> I, under pressure, I would choose the Pogs as well, but Dean Ryan's definitely got the best answer. That's the it's the cool yeah yeah answer. yeah. What's what's um what's your favorite uh, Christmas song, Robbie? La- uh, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Okay, Ben. Oh, nice. Um, I'd probably go Paul McCartney. Yeah, I was I was thinking Paul McCartney. Yeah, though. I think either Paul McCartney or Slade. Yeah. I think uh, or Lennon. Be... No, Christmas Uncle, baby, please come yeah. on. Uncle Albert, mm-hmm. General Halsey. That's a good Paul McCartney song. <laughs> um, now, all, all I can think, have you seen the Peter Serafinowicz sketch, the, the Ringo Remember stuff? Yes. That's I've all I think. When, whenever, yes. I, whenever I hear uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time with McCartney, that's all I think about is just Peter Serafinowicz as Ringo pretending to get Paul McCartney arrested for basically doing a sex song at Christmas. <laughs> See, that's one of the that's one of the Christmas songs I can't handle. Really? I can't handle. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. The, sh- the Shins have done a cover of it, which I think was, it repeats um, itself too much. This the uh, the Shins cover is actually the it's... pinnacle of music without drugs. <laughs> the Shins don't do drugs. I think Tom <laughs> Chaplin needs to have a word about this. Has <laughs> Keith done a Christmas song? It, they feel like the kind of band that would have. They, they, feel, they like, feel like they feel like they're exactly the sort of band that will then, necessarily you know, right. put bells into everything. They've isn't, got isn't every when... song a Christmas song from you know you can just play Crystal Ball at Christmas and you know Giovanni Ripsy's in the music video. I should add, you know that's a, that's okay. a pretty. That's a I pretty don't think that's name. Works, Is that what's happened to him? That's what happened to him. I, he, I haven't seen him in a while. He was in. He's, lots in, Seth, of films. he's, in, he's in Seth MacFarlane films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's sort of. He's only been in Seth MacFarlane's films for the last sort of five years. No, oh, is he in? He's not in The Young Pope, but he's in some. Or maybe he's in right. The Young Pope. He's probably yeah. I don't watch, but I'm aware of it. Sorry, Paolo Sorrentino. Should we get back onto the? Does <laughs> he play for Zebra as well? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they ask a lot of people to sing Christmas songs, mm. and they all say no, apart from Brad Moore, who starts singing Band Aid, yes. which is oh, just, they, right, but they cut wholesome. it. It cuts from him saying it to him actually singing it. Mm. So I wonder if there was a long negotiation where they try and egg him on, or if they had to ask him at all. Like I wonder if he just cut 
he just... I reckon. I reckon more like the latter. Mm. I, I think he just. I think that's probably why he fucked off to New Zealand. He was so embarrassed at falling for Catherine Ellen's trick. <laughs> you can never show his face around West Wales again. So <laughs> there's no scrum five in New Zealand. I'm going down there. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> plus, plus the police have found the first body. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't chopped up properly like Scarby could have taught him. You know, they should have taken some time aside during that lunchroom. Well, he did bring Dean Ryan so. and ask him if he could borrow his chainsaw. And he just, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> they then ask uh, favourite Christmas carols. So, yeah, mm. I mean, I think my favourite might be Little Donkey, is it? You know, oh, Little Donkey, it. is it? And, and so on. That's the only notable in... answer I've written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, well, you know. Silent Night, someone said. The June. Yeah. I watched the film Silent Night last night with Kira Knightley. Just come out. It's all right. Inexplicably very, very harrowing for a film that sells itself as a Christmas comedy. Well, it sounds like a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. It gets really depressing later on. Like, there is one of the most harrowing images I've ever seen in it later on. Four. That's um, some clickbait for you. I'm genuinely <laughs> in. If you had said there's a Christmas film with Kira Knightley and I was out until he said it's really harrowing and dark and I'm out, well, suddenly I'm like, yeah. The first sort of half hour is kind of like, you know, rich family or rich group of friends coming together for Christmas. And then it slowly uh, becomes more and more depressing until, as I say, there's a genuinely very, very upsetting image towards the end. And it's just really sad for the last few minutes. And that is the film Silent Night, available now on VOD. <laughs> Announces to a room of unexpected people that she has cancer. <laughs> Completely shocked and taken aback. <laughs> I wish you stopped there. So, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, this, yeah. The, the South Africans. Uh, how would Kieran Hailey announce? How would she? How would she announce that? That she had cancer. Uh a press statement. I reckon. I, I, I think she would do it with a fantastic I, performance. To be fair, didn't she no, get a I pun in she... there? Again, like a Love Actually pun in there. <laughs> Maybe she would just do it with the cards. I can't, I can't, I can't do a Kieran Knightley impression. To be fair, it's just white jaw, isn't it? Yeah, I, like, I can't even think of what she sounds like. But just posh in English, just yeah, generic posh. Yeah. That'll do it. I have cancer, actually. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I think that I was the it. queen. That was the no. queen. This is definitely getting edited out. <laughs> Look, I have the power to decide what doesn't doesn't get edited out. This is staying in, my man. Once, once, once the laugh, once the laugh track gets happening, everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, that was." It should be This guy, where's his Netflix special? <laughs> you haven't made enough transphobic jokes yet to get on. You know that's where yeah. we're falling short of getting yourself a Netflix special. I, you know, there's a good recurring thing that South Africans see more into the Carol question than the yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they're quite sort of sincere with this. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting kind of cultural difference, I think. I yeah. didn't realize... Band-Aid, never heard of it. Yeah. What's notable is Cardiff don't feature once. Mm. Oh, yeah. Typical BBC bias. No, Mulver Hill's in here, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is, right at the start. Mm. Looking like, looking like some sort of extra from an Australian soap, or a bit like a Harold Bishop character. Is Welsh is very good at the end, though. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just doesn't it. answer any of the questions. Did well, the rest of you also take a moment of looking at him and going, "Who is that?" Even though it's less than a year since he since he left the Cardiff job. Alarmingly, I remembered, but I'm now trying to think what because like he must have had some really like boring answers, but not like. Mm. They kept pants and socks. Oh, no, no. If I, if I know, not that level. I, the problem, if I know John Melville was, he probably just kept talking. Right, okay. Okay, okay. I've never known a man to 
effectively, like you walk out of a press conference and he'll still be talking to you and give you like about four more news lines. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, right, okay, just leave the room. That's it, done. He's here. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you know, um, James Botham's broken his leg, but, uh, you know, (laughs) keep that on the last shit. I got him with the chainsaw again. Uh, (laughs) Last time I saw him was climbing Constitution Hill in Aberystwyth. That's generally the last time I saw Norville. Yeah. When was that? Uh, it was the day after... Just before Brad Moore left Wales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pushed it off the cliff. <laughs> Should have done it, but... It was, it was after... the regional rivalries aren't spicy enough. When was the... Last year, the Cardiff Blues played the home game at Rodney Parade? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When was... did the pub quiz start? Did I miss... Am I, am I wondering him, I think I'm... <laughs> When, when we start, it's, it's, it's a Christmas party. It's what we do. <laughs> when we start asking about the Lions store, I genuinely don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the thing. The two moments that are in my video of like sixty-three moments are the only two. Mo- There's three of them in there, and I forgot one of them already. I uh, watched the video yesterday, and I don't remember that. <laughs> genuinely, the only things I remember from the Lions store: Mornay staying, Josh Adams scoring four tries. That is it. That is the extent of what I remember. And I spent and so much Johnny time Hill loving every single game. That's different, no, because that changed my life. But that's a that's, that's, know that's, what he did. I ever see that? What? So there was one of those inside the bubble videos they did, which was Johnny Hill and I, I can't some of the other players. I can't remember who else. Uh, maybe Ali Price or someone. Yeah, um, Ali Price rings a bell. One of the questions was about like, what's your favorite kind of biscuit? And the other just kind of go like custard cream, bourbon. And then Johnny Hill talks about two solid minutes about how much he loves biscuits. And like gives his and ranking of his favorite changes. biscuits. Yeah. And like what he likes to do with biscuits and like his Christmas traditions about biscuits. And then the conversation changes and he changes it and turns it back like really suddenly to being about how much he loves biscuits again. And he keeps bringing every answer back to how much he loves biscuits. And I'm pretty sure the only reason Sailor managed to sign him is they got him under the salary cap because they paid him exclusively in bourbons. Yeah. That's like me and Julia Louis Dreyfus, <laughs> a wonderful yeah, physical actress. She's not afraid to be ugly, and I think that's a great skill. I think Julia Louis Dreyfus is is, is a, a beautiful woman. Yeah, exactly. But in comedy terms, she's not afraid to to be unattractive, which I think just marks her out. <laughs> um, well, it's the. Um... I tell you what, I watched the Michael Richards comedian in Cars yesterday. That's um... oh boy. It's um, it's fun watching that because it <laughs> it just reminds you why you sort of need people outside of your own e- like uh, echo chamber. Just watching Jerry and Michael Richards basically talk about that incident and being like, "Yeah, it was a bit bad, but uh, you're okay." <laughs> Have you seen the clip of Jerry Seinfeld on? I think it's Conan O'Brien talking about that. Is it the one where they get him on to apologise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Letterman. And, I, well, I don't, don't oh, ask why. It is Letterman. It is Letterman. I, lit- I, right, watched, it, right. I watched it two days ago. <laughs> okay. I watched it about four weeks ago. So, you know, you, you've got yeah. me there. And he's there, uh, like, telling the crowd. He's there, like, this, this isn't funny. Don't laugh. For oh, anyone unaware, Kramer from Seinfeld did a really racist stand-up routine that then went viral in about 2010. And the next night, or maybe sometime that week, uh, Jerry Seinfeld then went on Letterman, as you say, to apologise for him and to do a live link with him. Yeah. And the moment, the, the moment Michael Richards starts talking, 
the audience start laughing because he's Kramer. And it's just like, oh, look at these wacky Kramer incidents being racist, doing stand-up. And everyone's just assuming it's like a Seinfeld outtake. Oh, no. And Jerry Seinfeld looks at the audience and goes, stop laughing, it's not funny. <laughs> he oh, also he apologises to the Afro-American <laughs> community, which, like, you're thinking, he must mean this is a joke. <laughs> Kramer. I wonder if Aaron Smith's reached this video yet in terms of his binging oh, Seinfeld. I hope so. That's going to be devastating when he finds out. <laughs> that tweet made me happier than almost anything else this year. Why would that oh. not make your top 63 moments? It should have been. It should have been. Oh, yeah, man, I should have yeah. Aaron Smith is now side binging by side Seinfeld. with Taniella Tupo downing a sausage. You know, just, I feel like they're both... several days after I... that tweet, I was just thinking to myself, Aaron. I checked the time in New Zealand to be like, oh, it's daytime, but Aaron Smith's watching more Seinfeld now. <laughs> he's got to the one with the Chinese restaurant. He's either watching Seinfeld or he's in an airport doing things that we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Snacky toilet actions. Snacky Seinfeld actions. <laughs> he's in an airport toilet just with Seinfeld on his phone <laughs> illegally streaming it just thinking don't worry bro they're not going to find us <laughs> you know Julia Lee Grace is really not afraid to be ugly in comic terms she isn't she really isn't I do like She's the idea of him being, being in the uh, in the table toilet with someone and just going can we get this over with because in-flight entertainment's got Seinfeld on it <laughs> We can fit another episode in before we take off. <laughs> oh, I'm really hoping Aaron Smith moves on to Veep afterwards. Because <laughs> that is an even funnier image. Aaron Smith struggling to keep up with the office of the pres- Deputy President of the United States. That was a more difficult sentence than I was expecting. I bet Aaron Smith would really get committed into the premise of if the President has called yet. I think <laughs> he would be on the edge of his seat. Now, speaking of A, questionable uh, snacky toilet actions, and mm. B, comedies, they then ask in this profile team video, we'll go briefly back to before we inevitably, you know, spiral off again. They ask a very strange question Who would you like to kiss under the mistletoe? Yes. And obviously, the majority of them answer, My wife. <laughs> yeah. Nice reference. <laughs> big fan of Richard Cockrell naming his wife as well. Yeah, uh, yeah very specific. Yeah, yeah, like, hands off. Naming another random woman for a second. But, <laughs> I saw I her a, first. I had a moment when he says Sarah Jane Cockrell of thinking, oh, uh, is she like an actress from a soap or something? <laughs> and him, him saying, then you qualify, like, oh, that's my wife. That's my wife, by the way. I, he like, said oh, it like okay. he was reading her off his marriage certificate. Like he gave her yeah. a middle name and everything. Dan McFarlane says Luke Marshall. Nice. Which is an interesting answer. Good comedy answer. It does, it, you know, you, you'd you'd be pissed off if you were another centre in also rugby, thinking, oh, that's why he's getting picked above me, you know. <laughs> but you then get Ryan Wilson says John Barkley, which again, quite yeah. quite a strong answer that is. And do we know who the the South African in a zebra jersey is? Oh, any idea? Um, y- yes, because I interviewed him and I do oh, okay. know his name. Okay. Yeah, two um, people were actually at this event. If anyone should know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, you know, we can come back to you on on who that was, but he says Emma Watson. Why don't we meet no, up? Sometime? No, 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 no. Sorry, that's that was Tommaso Boni. That was not... Tommaso Boni. Oh, okay, Tommaso Boni for some reason. I was convinced that was a South African accent he speaks in when he's speaking in English. But yeah, he says Emma Watson. Let's meet up sometime. Which is with the context of the other jokey answer everyone else said, or my wife. 
really creepy. Yeah. It's also vastly overrated in the reach of BBC Wales. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love the idea that Emma Watson sat in the house putting Scrum 5 on. Yeah, she's tuning into the like, dragon's quite like the look, Quite like the look of Tommaso Boney, actually. <laughs> Do you think Emma Watson was weighing it up, but then saw that he had no kicking game and <laughs> sort of wrote him off? Unsend message. Yeah. I just like the idea she sat there with like Daniel Ratcliffe and she's like, oh, we're going to miss the stat pad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they all live together. <laughs> oh, they do. They all live in Hogwarts. I've seen Emma Watson did go out with a rugby player who, if you ever Google it, uh, is listed always as rugby star. Uh, he played a handful of games for Oxford University, never played professionally, even <laughs> professionally. But even like when they split up, it was Emma Watson and major rugby star split up. Right. So I, I believe me, I heard this through a friend of mine uh, mm-hmm. who watches Love Island. And apparently there was a point where somebody really like painted... Uh, somebody who was like this this huge rugby player who was their ex to be like this big villain of like, oh no, he oh, destroyed yeah, yeah. me in my uh, past relationship. It was really quite tough to to get through that and stuff. Quite a big name rugby player, you know, he's quite famous. It was Mike Paul. <laughs> do do either of you remember Mike Paul? Former Dragons and Scarlets winger Mike Paul. Best yeah, known Mike for Paul, being the a ex of cage fighter. Was on Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then you look the, like you're oh, rocking your brains. I, I can't, I can't no, the, no. The stat that always got brought up about him, or the fact about him, was he was a cage ex cage fighter mm. who then took up rugby. <laughs> yeah, played on a w- the wing. And my you hope that's unrelated to the relationship uh, story. Yes, my main memory of him was the Dragons account tweeting "Try by number eleven, Pooley, legend," and then the <laughs> score. And that was sticking with me because he played two games for them at the time. Yeah. <laughs> rugby legend, though, huge name. Are you, thinking of, are you thinking of Joe Ajua? I remember Joe Ajua. <laughs> I wish. The OV Cup legend Joe Ajua. Yeah, yeah. Who turned down a Nigeria call-up because he thought he was going to make the Wales team. What? Yeah. That Wait, was the thing. Yeah. When he was like right. 19. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I like that Nigeria oh. still went interested after it was clear he wasn't going to get a Wales call. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said no once. We're not, we're not going to come <laughs> crawling back to you. I remember that game against London Irish when Joe Adua and Andy Fenby were making their debuts and all the hype was over Joe Adua. We should have kept our eye on the greatest winger that isn't Richard Fussell of all time, Andy Fenby. I tried to start the Andy Fenby for England. Uh, Andy (laughs) Fenby for Wales campaign for him as as soon as he squad. And yeah, obviously that didn't happen. I know. I miss him. He was great. Richard Fussell at fullback. Will Harry's and yes. Andy Samby on the wings. What a back three. What an era that could have been for Washer. All of your problems are sorted with that back if three. If the noughties was the t- t- early tens, you know, could have been golden. That's, that would have cured your not COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would have, that's, <laughs> the, there's a parallel world where I did have cancer and it got cured by the fact that in that universe, Andy Bemby has six caps. <laughs> well, Will, Harry's, Will Harry's has three. Yeah. yeah, a whole three. He was like my favourite player for a season when I was like 12. He was great. The only yeah, all, the, the, uh, Will Harris. Was, all the caps he won was actually when he wasn't that good. Like, Will, he was, when he was at his like, peak, he didn't care looking. Yeah. No, he got, he got yeah. capped. He got capped and he was all the way down. Yeah. No, he, cause he played, he played against, against New Zealand in 2010. Yeah. 
that was when he had Australia that, that autumn as well. Yeah. And then yeah. got Bar-Bos. just shoved out for ages. Because yeah. the, Bar-Bos the Bar-Bos next game... a few years later, yeah. Yeah. The next nugget, game nugget, after... Nugget century, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Warren's only cap. Yeah, I, yes. uh... I also think it is that oh, game. Yeah. Uh, Fe- I think of it more as... Famous Buffy picker Shane Williams pulled up with injury from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, so Harry's got called Bill in. Harry's got called in. And then he played with Shane on one wing and him on the other wing against Australia. He had a great yeah. moment. We stepped out of Ashley Cooper in the last minute. Yes. Uh, and then the following <laughs> week, Wales brought in a unheralded 18-year-old to start over him called George. Tom Pride. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was that with was David Howells, yeah. Oh, David Howells. Bless him. It yeah. could have been very, very good. Should we continue talking about reasonably obscure Welsh wingers of the last 15 years? Because this is one of my special subjects. <laughs> Look, there's so few people in the world we can talk about this with. Can, does Chris Checo fall into this? I used to like Checo. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. never sold on him. I was never sold on Chris Checo. I, like, I liked him for the Blues in that period where he played fullback. Uh, mm. I liked that. He, but... His last cap was also the South Africa game when North started. Of course it was. Wow, it's all coming together, isn't it? That was that one game. Cap? I, I yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it he was, it was. Yeah, no, he um, came on for Shane Williams on the wing. Yeah. Really he did. bombed a try, and then there was the one where Shanklin did a grubber kick. Yeah. Was never on. Yeah. Um, that game was quite him. painful. Yeah. And with Steve Walsh calling back the knock-on being before half-time when it wasn't. Yes. Scoring from it, and those points being the difference. Yeah. Man, what, what, what <laughs> a game 10 years ago that happened. Also, today, as we record this, is Lee Halfpenny's 32nd birthday. He is like 25. I'm I'm not standing for him being 32. I I think the opposite. Lee Halfpenny seems to have been around forever. He seems to have been in Wales forever, and he was in France for a bit as well. But he was, it's like, he was a teenager when I was like, you know, growing up watching rugby. It just feels wrong that he's like now the the experienced guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in denial. Yeah, I, I think it's a generational gap. It was the same when I brought a blind date. There was a there was a, <laughs> a, a look that, that no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Sorry, he's gonna have to apologize for being old. By the way, I I, I turned thirty six on Saturday. Oh, happy I, birthday! Happy birthday! I, 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 it wasn't just me looking for attention. Then there, there's a point to that. And I was in Cardiff. I was in uh, the Philly. Mm. For anyone knows the Philly. And someone Philly, Philly like, Harm Medic on uh, on Thursday nights. Yeah. <laughs> You're a medical and, student. Uh, someone wandered up to me and he, he threw his arm around me and he said, I, "I'm 18 today," and I said, "Oh, I'm 36 today." And he said, "Oh, man, I hope I'm still going to clubs when I'm 36." I was like, "I'm 36 or 86, you prick! Like, it's not that old." <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm 26 and I'm not. So but then I did follow that up by waking up on Saturday morning, having danced for three hours and could barely feel my legs. <laughs> it took me about two hours to go to bed. So. I'm so sorry to say this, but your 18th birthday was the day he was born in that case. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I, I do that laddie thing. <laughs> is it? I, I, is could it? Be his, I could be his dad. Oh, that's man. The, that's the laddie thing you've got to say, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> you man. never know. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to the second video? Yeah, let's do it. Just I mean, this quicker. is 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, should we? So this is a video that I will say outright, if we weren't talking about it for this, I would not have watched all the way through. Sure, um, sure, it's long-winded. Can yeah. I, can I just say, I was watching it for this and I still didn't watch it all the way through. I skipped, <laughs> I skipped a few times. 
Fair enough. I respect I, the honesty on that. Craig, the... Craig, Craig Gilroy is like Bruce Forsyth in the hostage situation, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I was thinking that. Craig Gilroy, so it's the Ulster Rugby <laughs> Christmas Challenge, right? Hosted by Craig Gilroy, seemingly with Alberto Scarp with a chainsaw off camera, friendly to chop his head off. Like, He's, you think um... there's going to be a red dot appear on his jersey that they're going to disguise as being on the hand? They, they would never put on an Ulster jersey. It has to remain looking exactly the same. So they can't put a red dot on it. It's going to spoil the aesthetic. <laughs> well, that's it. You do it on the red hand. You do it over the top of the red hand so no one will notice. Or another way jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's quite spectacular. The fact that there's so many times when he seems like he's doing, he seems like he's had hosting lessons. Like he's saying all the right things and doing all the right things and has the right instincts. He's just so mm. static and dull and held it, it's, seemingly held like, at gunpoint. The intent is there for him to go, oh yeah, yeah, you can get these at the Ulster Rugby website. Yeah. And then he proceeds to say, I don't know what the Ulster Rugby website is, but you can get them on there probably. He is a far better YouTuber than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on that note. We've done it. We've had it. Um, you know, I, I don't think he didn't. Did he? He didn't even like say he remembered to like and subscribe once. No, so. that was a, that was a disappointment. That was a disappointment. <clears throat> It oh, kind yeah. of feels like, you know, on The Apprentice, when one week they'll put them on QVC or one of those shops. <laughs> sure, yeah. And they've got to sell like a fucking space hopper with a pedometer in or something. And they've got to try and give it their best thing. And they, oh, they're just so God, wooden. That's... They make like Hugh Grant look like fucking Kenneth Branagh. Like that's the kind of, that's what he pervades. My my, my favourite moment of Craig Gilroying during this is where he says the word penultimate, then explains what it means like it's a complicated <laughs> oh. word. <laughs> and Dave Shanahan then just kind of gives him a look and goes, I know. I know that means second to last. Like, But having seen Dave Shanahan's performance through this video, I don't believe that he knew. He's, a, com- he's a competition winner. He's not an actual player, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy for a second he's an actual rugby player. Well, this so- definitely wasn't the competition that he won. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So the, the first one that they go through is the competition to put on eight jerseys as fast as possible, starting with the medium jerseys and building up to probably extra, extra, extra larges. Thankfully, they get a scrum half and a fly half to do this mm-hmm. because otherwise it would be problematic. There's also a point where Craig Gilroy says, oh, you look like Joey from Friends. And it's like, yeah, of course, somebody was going to make that joke at some stage. And then the video editors go and just like, put a little PNG yeah. up in the bottom corner. And Just in case somebody hasn't seen Friends. But he, he doesn't, they, don't, they don't ever do any other sort of editing for the whole video. <laughs> but they've just somebody... got to set up for any other reference to Friends. Like if he'd said pivot at any point, they would have just... They said, referred to Bill Johnson's position as such. That yeah. little thing would have popped up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I do like that they felt the need to explain a Friends joke. Like, yeah, it was the one thing that everybody knows. Hey, yeah. hey, friend, Aaron Smith yeah. still hasn't got to it yet. He's only just got to Seinfeld. <laughs> Do you He's think slowly um, working his way through these sitcoms? Do you think um, that additionally to the the Joe from Friends comparison that Dave Shanahan wasn't wearing pants because James Hook stole them? <laughs> yes, I think that's that's how he struggled to get so many jerseys on. Yeah, so, yes. Bill Johnston was of course introduced as the three time dressing up winner at Ulster Rugby. Yeah, you know, like tank. if if there's <laughs> if there's anyone tank. at Ulster who knows how to knows his Barbies, then it's Bill Johnston who who then made who then uh, continued his record to uh, become the four time winner of the uh, the dressing up competition. I'll tell you what though, it gets tense towards the end. 
like, oh, he's doing well. Then he knocks all the jerseys <laughs> off the table. Oh, of course, yeah. He still wins despite the two. What's going to happen? I know. Doesn't reflect well on David, does it? <laughs> and um, Craig Gilroy specifies he can't help him out for COVID reasons. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the video. Is the um, how keen they are to sort of stress that this is COVID safe. Yeah, as though, as though like. When they introduce them in the club shop, they have a little shot of them like, putting sanitizer on their hand. Yes! As though if that wasn't there, like anyone watching would be under the assumption they're just going around the, the shop coughing on products for people to buy. I, I, I love that okay. because like you get like a close-up shot of Craig Gilroy sat down and then they cut the camera away to, to a, a general bird's eye view of the shop floor. And then they go back to Craig Gilroy about a second later, who suddenly has a bottle of hand sanitizer. And the thing is, it's not like he just happens to put it on. That He puts it on while they're speaking. So the director has said to him, OK, Craig, if you don't mind, uh, start speaking. And while you do it, you know, multitask and put the hand sanitizer on just so everybody knows that we're COVID safe. What well, is a new policy for Ulster, actually, because they used to in that club shop pre-COVID promote actively promote things by saying that Ruben Pinar sneezed on them once. <laughs> well, I just now... had knowing that he was a three-time champion. I was coming into this and I thought I've missed three episodes of this already. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> We've got content sorted for next year. Yeah, like fear where oh, the fan just dropping in now. <laughs> I. I felt, look- I felt the same when I saw the madness of King George the <laughs> Second. I didn't yeah. know. The, I didn't know the first king had gone mad. <laughs> that said, though, though, Grav, like when somebody says, "Like England, this is their eleventh Six Nations they've won," you don't think, "Oh, I've got to go back and watch the rest." I no, I do. So it works on I a do. similar. Not with England, I don't know, but I, I, I'm making my mission with other teams. <laughs> to be fair, this is technically a podcast looking back over all of the World Cup, yeah. so it's a pretty bad example. I did like someone said earlier, this is from 10 years ago. And I was like, last week I was listening to talk about 1987. <laughs> <laughs> so after the the initial challenge on mm. putting shirts on, they move on to the next key Christmas task, which is wrapping presents, of course. Now, I so I wrapped my presents this afternoon, as it would okay. happen. Um, yeah. I've got a new tradition of watching every year as I wrap my presents, watching a Vanessa Hudgens Netflix Christmas movie, because I seem to make at least one every year, if not six. And Sorry. I will watch it, one it, of those. In my head, I heard <laughs> Vanessa Phelps then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you see her in that guy from Fats and Small that she's married to, just walking around Christmas Day. I don't know why. She said Vanessa Phelps. I thought she's not making movies. She could. Netflix would commission anything. So It's true. You know, get a move on. They're up to three Princess Witch movies now, you know? And one um, Ben James stand up special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paul, I... Paul, Paul Williams will have a sitcom on this one. <laughs> it's rugby sitcom. I, I, he was asking on Twitter the other day, actually, if anyone knows anyone on Netflix. Gotta admire that. <laughs> <laughs> Out on Twitter going, fuck it, I'll just see if I can get Netflix. <laughs> like, my, my girlfriend's I a Georgie and she, she'd say, Shy Bane's getting out. Like, you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> it's, quite, it's worth a shot. The worst they can do is ignore it. I guarantee he gets like a meeting. <laughs> oh, the um, whole script is just punch emojis. Yeah, the, the script though is beautifully spaced. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the format of it is absolutely top. I, I, I quite like to see Paul Williams a sitcom. If I'm honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would be beautifully planned out. Yeah, and the, like I said formatted to perfection. I mean, yeah. if a man can do that with a tweet, imagine what he can do with a absolutely. High level of creative writing. It's only a maritime for BBC Wales Commissioner. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Robbie, you were in the middle of a middle oh, no, of story. Okay, no, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I wrapped my present today. And I'll tell you what, I wish I'd done it after seeing Bill Johnson's masterclass in wrapping presents, doing corners well. Yeah. Because that man can wrap a corner. Let, let me tell you now. So there's the, now I'm very self-conscious when it comes to wrapping presents because mm. I think it was about five years ago. On Christmas Eve, I came home hammered and did my wrap my presents then. Uh, mm. And since then, it's just gone downhill. Like that is the best I've wrapped presents in the last sort of five or six years. And that was really bad. That was really bad at that time. And so, Robbie, I'm going to tell you now, I've wrapped your present and it's it's dreadful. I've got a present. Um, yes. Oh man, um, I haven't got anything for you. Sorry, this is really yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. Well, it's um, <laughs> it's odd, odd number of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you've got a chainsaw, chainsaw. <laughs> Just what I always wanted. Thank yeah. you. Fine, I've wrapped it in pants and socks, but um, <laughs> yeah. no wrapping paper. I've got yeah, an issue with rapid. his wrapping technique, though. Mm-hmm. I think it, it looks good from the outside. But his first bit of sellotape, he always sticks on a really vital yes. part of the... Well, that's going to leave a mark. That's going to really... Yeah, that bugged me. Mm. Yeah, he stuck it right on the face of the clock. Because if, if there's one thing that people are doing with boxes that hold Ulster brand you know, shower, shower gel, is, is they're keeping them. <laughs> Who's buying <laughs> Ulster brand toiletries? I, I don't know, but I can tell you where you can buy them. <laughs> <laughs> It's the other thing is, they, they should they should genuinely be compelled to put a helpline on the website. People who are buying Ulster brand toiletries, they're being held at gunpoint, being forced to present this coverage. So when you click, add it in the basket, just a pop comes. Are you sure? Like, <laughs> is everything okay? Do you think they they add on, like, this will have you smelling freshly of Louis Ludic or something like that? (laughs) Also, that teddy bear, I mean, Mm. there's the other item they have to wrap. I I mean, I can see someone buying a Ulster Rugby branded teddy bear for their kid. I can't see any kid ever being grown up and going, oh, my beloved childhood soft toy, my Ulster Rugby teddy bear. Sure. Looking I definitely of like Toy Story nostalgia. You're right. I can see people buying it. I can't see people see people buying it because of this video. No. No. Why why did I buy it? Because I once this... saw Dave Shanahan rap it badly. Yeah, exactly. There's there's something um about this though. I think it's it's not very well set up because the the objective is mm. that you win it if you wrap it faster, isn't it? You know, it's like the fastest wins. And then Bill Johnson spends the whole time going, you know what, I'm gonna try and do this really delicately. And he's quite pretentious in the way he wraps the presents, to be honest. And then he still doesn't come out on top because the the Craig Gilroy reviews them and decides that Shanahan's are still better. So Which is um, bullshit. I'm not gonna lie, right? Craig Gilroy is basically European rugby then. It's just making the rules. <laughs> I was gonna say hey, typical one, refereeing. One one minute it's he, he, the first two he's there like, well it's not great rapping, but it was quick. And the last one he's there like, that's good rapping, but it was slow. And he just clearly he's had a word in his ear. He's, one or the other. he's, he's yeah. got a you know you know, manufacture a result. So it goes to the, <laughs> the goes to the goes to the big tiebreaker in the club shop. <laughs> and that, that for me that's where the video lost all credibility um, <laughs> and the competition itself I think yeah yeah I, I, no, I, I quite like the supermarket suite they did at the end and that was quite fun yeah that's oh. the best one that's the most watchable and entertaining yeah. do I need help well I've got a helpline for you <laughs> yeah. you can order some products on the Ulster Rugby website 
my favorite one's the first one with the shirts, only because okay. it supports my theory that rugby players are just adult children perpetually at the sports day. Because that's <laughs> yes. very much that's the vibe that you get. Yeah. Anything you do, how sure. many t-shirts yeah. can you put on that quickly? It buys into my the third one is just Dave Shannon shambling around. It's a bit like it's like Dawn of the Dead, like the original, <laughs> just wandering around the shop. Like, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He just knows he's got to be there. <laughs> Watching Bill Johnson do it and run around is quite entertaining because he's got a sense of purpose to him. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's, there's some real urgency to yeah. Bill Johnson there. It's like he's in a Christopher he clearly, Nolan yeah, movie. He, buys all, he buys all this stuff from there. Just know that. <laughs> his house is just wall to wall. Ulster merchandise that he just. <laughs> he's, he's prepared Slade, by like <laughs> he's prepared by replicating the club shop in his living room. He's got <laughs> he's got like a floor plan ready. That's what if if they got Johnny Wilkinson on for this, he would have been in the first person in the club shop the moment it opens, the last one out when it closes, in every morning practicing over and over again, picking up that dressing gown with the Ulster Rugby logo on it all just, the time. Like going into his bathroom, opening it up, and it's just wall to wall shower gel with Ulster on it, just <laughs> next to his wash bag on the side, and then a message sprawled in blood. <laughs> I, I also enjoyed Craig Gilroy saying, "Like, oh yeah, can you grab the Ulster Rugby 2019-20 uh, European jersey for me, please? Yeah, you know, and ways like that. Can you grab me the official Ulster Rugby chainsaw? You know, can you grab me the foam finger uh, that's new in stock? You know, I enjoyed that he was very specific on all of those details." Mm. It's almost like he'd been told. Yes. Um, my other favourite thing is during the what well, Dave Shanahan is shambolically wrapping presents. Craig Gilroy says Trudy would be ashamed of you, and having so Dave Shanahan has just mentioned his mum, and yet Craig Gilroy then says Trudy would be ashamed of you. Dave Shanahan says Trudy's my cat's name, right? At which point Craig Gilroy goes, "Oh yeah, Nadine would be ashamed of you, and so would Trudy." Nadine clearly being their mother, right? Yes. Then, when going around the club shop, one of the items that has to pick up is a dog jacket with an Ulster Rugby logo on it, because I don't know about you, but my canine is crazy for some Gilroy. Just really loves going to Raven Hill on a Friday night. Finds there's no atmosphere like it. Um, <laughs> Real fan of Robbie but... Diak is my dog. <laughs> yep. Really, really cannot get enough of. Uh, I, he often, know. he often my, says, "Woof, woof." Nick Timoney is really underrated, and she went yeah, the my, team. Woof, woof. My dog just barks in time with stand up for the Ulsterman every single morning, <laughs> and it wakes me up. But he then says, "Yeah, so oh, my dog Toby could wear this, right?" So Dave Shanahan has both a cat and a dog. It's pretty that good. That man is a complete mess. <laughs> that man is a scrum half. He likes chaos in his life. That's very true. I Why just, would you give them very similar names? <laughs> Toby and Trudy. Toby yes. and Trudy. It's a bit too close. And you'd want a little bit of a gap so that when you shout at one of them for being a dick is because they're pets. <laughs> like, you don't want it to be a very similar name. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point. Really, good they point. should have named, they should have swapped his mum and his cat's name yeah. so that they're <laughs> more or less different. His right. grandparents really should have thought this through. It's quite quite selfish, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hogging the name the Dean. Yeah. I wouldn't really. I wouldn't rule out that just one pet and it's just Craig Gilroy having an existential crisis trying to name it. <laughs> Toby, no Trudy, no oh, Tyrone. Tony. <laughs> I'm just look, I'm just amazed that Dave Shanahan has a dog, a cat, and a mum. You know? <laughs> it's just 
Tony's He's remarkable. His pet tiger. I, I've only <laughs> I've only got one of those things. And the have we got anything else to say about Ulster? I mean, there's no uh, chainsaw in the shop for them to pick up, which is a shame because what are we get for Christmas? There's a, there's a point where Dave Shanahan uh, struggles to get a ball from top of a shelf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Bill Johnston wins it on height advantage. Yeah. It's uh, classic short, classic short man humor. Yeah, that, <laughs> it really is. The problem isn't that he's short because he can quite clearly jump and knock it down because he does. The problem is that he sticks with his <laughs> his system that doesn't work of trying to use something else to knock it off the thing he can reach. Use a flimsy European jersey to yeah, knock it down. Yeah, knock it down rather than a hand, which is notoriously good for grabbing things. <laughs> like I would say of, of all the things that a hand is good for, generally picking things up is top of the list. Sure. Notoriously good? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> are your hands not are. notoriously good for picking things up? I don't think they're notoriously. I think they're good. I don't think. <laughs> I, I think if I you think say no, no, notori- okay. notoriously good, just as I can see the underbelly to what my hands are grabbing. <laughs> okay, I think, I've got which I family. which I refute on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I went on Family Fortunes and they went, they said name things you can do with your hands, I would say grab things. I think okay, that would be okay. my so, I've got in front of me right now a pen. Right. And in order oh. to pick it up, I can either use my hand or this 2020, 2021 also European rugby jersey. Right. <laughs> Which one do you think I should try and use? It depends. Does your hand have a massive foam finger on it? Because like, that, no. that's going to impede your, your ability. <laughs> <laughs> because I would say if we had a unanimous answer, that would be a notorious answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's my theory. That's my theory. You've been this. foxed out here, Grav. <laughs> Well, no, I'm saying it is notoriously good at picking things up a hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, sorry, yeah, Ben. I, I, no, I'm, my, 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 I'm not claiming that hands are bad for grabbing things. <laughs> no, I don't know, mate. That's my, sounds, my issue. My it issue sounds like being, what the person who thinks hands are bad being, at grabbing things would say. Which being notoriously good, right? You know, it's like it, they call notorious big likable big. You know, there's. I wouldn't say that my hands are likable for, for picking things up. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, you listened, if anyone's not... listened this far, use the hashtag Ben James hates hands. <laughs> I'm not very good with the words. I couldn't think of a better word than likable. Renowned, <laughs> renowned is what I was going for. I, I do, do you think... hate hands. <laughs> do you think he just saw the logo on the Ulster jersey and got confused and thought it was his hand? Maybe um, so. Yeah. That's a good point. So that's what that's what it looked like, you know. Last Maybe. time I met Dean Ryan, it's just, like he spent ages last time he played zebra just trying to pet the jersey. And, just and also, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you know this. Uh, this video was filmed uh, in a COVID-safe environment. <laughs> what? Hands <laughs> uh, face so space. Uh, so, you know? so I, th- I think he used the the jersey as guidance, as Mark Drakeford would say, to to get the ball down. Guidance. That's. That's, that's end with them stood six meters apart, all wearing masks, which is such a almost like a flex of the fact they're COVID safe. <laughs> this is the fact they weren't doing daily testing just to get into the train and get it every day, like enough. Yeah. Can we oh. move on to the final video now? Yeah, we you know very much but, saved the worst yeah. of us. My my only my only mm. final thing is where the fuck did they get a form hand from? Because I haven't seen those since Gladiators, and that hasn't been on since <laughs> I was like your lot age. Like <laughs> that hasn't been on since I my eighteenth yeah. birthday when I wasn't in the film. Yeah, it's it's, it's Ireland, isn't it? 
I'm just very glad the Walsh only one fight each other. They don't want to reach outside and fight anyone else. None of that going on here. So, although so hands, but, notoriously, hands are notoriously good for punching. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you've used the word notoriously correct. <laughs> what did I say? Hands are helpfully good for punching. I, I would say they're the only things that can punch. <laughs> My lawyers instructed me not to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Is your lawyer Sebastian Valmahina? <laughs> no, he's, he's that New York one who wanted to help the Springboks. Ah, <laughs> hence the shirt. Oh, well, you know, you've got to be on brand, don't you? Speaking of brand, the last one is... Oh, nice. <laughs> Naughty. I was, just, I was just admiring that Craig Gilroy-esque segue. <laughs> he's a better YouTuber than me. What can I say? <laughs> Monster we're still Rocky not going to bite on that. We're did, still not going to. We're still Monster not going to disagree with you. Did a really no, 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 no. That, I genuinely didn't mean to bite. I wasn't inviting anyone to bite on it. It's just true. Monster Rugby did a Christmas wrapping challenge. He's a better as well. bloke as well. <laughs> also true. Also, also very true. He 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 walked away with no pro protein balls because he didn't need them and he wasn't there. <laughs> So, yeah, but Luke Marshall had a car full of So, uh, I'm sure, sure they got spread around Belfast. <laughs> so, anyway, Munster. Yeah, Munster, Munster also did a Christmas wrapping challenge the year before. Uh, What's everyone's favourite thing about Craig Gilroy? <laughs> Probably that hat trick he scored against Italy. Yeah, on his last cap. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that he's not, it's, it's that he's not Robbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. What's everyone's it's least favourite pretty... thing about Robbie? Let's let's oh, go. How long a li- how long have you got? I I mean I can I can tell some embarrassing stories, man. I I'm still gonna... I still remember that tweet Razzie did about you. But he said, you know, intelligent guy, bit of a Craig Gilroy wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's the most inflammatory thing Razzie tweeted. Yeah. You know, it, it was the hour-long video about it that they really did me <laughs> uploaded to Vimeo. It would have been a different video if, if, Craig, Gilroy done that. if Craig Gilroy had done that video. The Lions tour would have been saved. <laughs> Where was Craig Gilroy this entire Lions tour? Join me for a six-part <laughs> investigation. <laughs> do, do you want to actually crack on with the monster thing? I mean, I we can. None of us will interrupt oh. this time. It's look. It's not. I'm not going to lie. It's not very good. <laughs> I like it for its conciseness. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. It is under two minutes. Yeah. So the there's, shortest there's of the video. No, no attempt at context. <laughs> <laughs> Just round one. No, without, <laughs> without the round two, am I right? Am I right seeing that? Yeah, no round two. It was all round one. <laughs> Which is the best way to form a quiz. As as we mentioned earlier, when uh, you st- we, you mentioned we start the quiz, that was round one, which is still going on. Very obtuse callback there. So <laughs> the idea hey, is, it's hey, just, remember when none of us had cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Almost like it's still going on. Calvin Nash, Kevin O'Byrne, and Gavin Coombs are trying to wrap some presents, and they're all terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, Coombs, they are. Coombs, you know, they really. Really pulled out the big guns as well, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Calvin Nash. <laughs> R- R- Rock Nation are watching this. 
I'm just picturing DJ Khaled saying, Yo, Calvin, you did really good on that Christmas wrapping uh, challenge. I want you to join our team, man. DJ Khaled! And Do you think, yeah, Rock Nation thought it was a different kind of wrapping? <laughs> uh, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't belittle me with your uh, laughs. What was Craig say? If Craig Gilroy delivered that, I think he would have he would have found the levity in the situation. There was a point where uh, Bill Johnston said, uh, "My father was actually a really good rapper," and I did have to kind of stop and think, like, "Oh yeah, it's your dad, Jake Cole, or something like that." But but no, alas, I don't know. Jake Cole is I'm thirty six years old. I'm like I'm still going to clubs. Is your dad the, the is- Sugar Hill Gang? <laughs> So, monster. <laughs> One thing I did notice, Kevin O'Byrne, really good at folding shirts. That man can fold a shirt very concisely and very and neatly. You're right, actually. He, did it, does, he does it with one hand. Another thing the hands are notoriously good for. That's the one part of the whole video where they actually show any sort of confidence. They can all, they can all fuck like, you know, Coomzy, as I call him. He's pretty good when it, when it comes to folding shirts. I feel like he's got a lot of ambition. Gavin Coombs. Yeah. I feel like he's trying. Yeah, yeah. What I, I like about him... Gavin Coombs is as he moves between presents, we see a different side of Gavin Coombs. Like the first one, he very much approaches like Ray Winston doing a betting advert, where it's like, bosh, bye, rips a fucking paper, bosh, in, rap. And then with the next one, he's really calm and gentle and he folds all the edges up, like the silky hand yeah. he might show yeah. on a rugby. Like it was every side of Gavin Coombs with a different present. <laughs> it was fantastic. Like, um, <laughs> Was like split with uh, the Scottish actor. Yes, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, <laughs> like every every present was a different Andrew Coombs that we saw. Uh, Gavin Coombs that we saw. It was great. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Also, I, like like a shit gymnast, he thinks ribbon solves everything. <laughs> but these are the best presented. Like that <laughs> is unarguable. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig think... Gilroy wrote that joke. <laughs> that was very quick, Ben. He's, I, he's I a good lad. That. He's a good lad. I also particularly enjoy Kevin O'Byrne closing off Gavin Coombs' space and trying to bump him off the table. I think there's a good bit of shithousery in that, in that nice. he was trying to obstruct his his opponent. It's good, a, a nice bit of a competitive nature in there. Clearly I'm, not COVID safe, not that COVID was a thing when this was filmed in like 2018. But And he, he messes with uh, Calvin Nass's shirt before they start. He's oh, really? Nicely folded and yeah. he just sort of pushes it to one side. So oh, yes, no, yeah, yeah, I did cut that, yeah. Yeah. Good shithousing, I like it. And then... And then he wins. Then he's declared the winner. By judging yeah. how it all comes out. With, yeah. with respect, By... only because he's wrapped the ball like it's a fucking toffee sweet. That's true. <laughs> the style points on there. And Steve... because Calvin Nash doesn't understand sizes at all, so he rips <laughs> off a bit of wrapping paper that isn't enough to fold around the thing that he's trying to wrap. So he just basically places it on top and just goes, ah, that's wrapped in it. <laughs> so bizarre like this clearly, clearly yeah. that, that present is bigger than what you've just got off yeah it's not it's not it's I I, I'm hundreds of miles away from Munster <laughs> and I can see that is not enough paper my friend <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Coombs is a lovely thing with, when they're wrapping the ball as well of putting it between his legs so he can cut the paper off yeah that's yeah. good technique that is I, I respected that <laughs> I don't know why we're analysing this now. Well, I thought it was. A, I thought it should be want... penalised. That was a squeeze ball. <laughs> My sixty-three best moments of Munster players wrapping presents will be out very soon. Craig Gilroy's will as well, and it will be better. Just such a great guy. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so in walks Judge Stephen Larkin, uh, who is just billed as Judge Larkin like he's Judge Dredd or something, which is an image I enjoy. I, I, and I think the, the media guys just forgot his first name. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's um, Greg. Stephen think... Larkin. <laughs> he looks like a Greg. I will put Judge. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Larkin these days, and possibly before, I don't know, has the mentor's kiss happened six years ago energy? Like, has the energy of someone who has nothing left to live for? You Hence heard this he's doing this. the Autumn Nations Cup where he just seemed miserable on no matter what was going on around him. And then this, he looks so sad to be judging Christmas presents for Munster fighters. Like, he, he has a real look of just being upset about it. Like, not like he's wasting his time, just like this has made him sad. And I felt very sorry for him looking at them. I think he's just taken on this role with the air of seriousness he deserves. This is a very serious thing to judge. He's come into this. Don't come in and be a judge if you can't take it seriously. This is he's he's come in, he's got a job to do, and he's gonna do it properly. Yeah, I I agree with that. I concur. Okay. Judge Judge Larkham is notoriously serious when it comes to uh to judge in rapping competitions. But yeah. he also gets it over and done with very quickly. He kind of walks over, looks at one of them for each, walks around the table and says, yeah, because Kevin O'Burn's the winner, and then walks off. Yeah, well, not, I think we've got maybe not, not everyone's got the on-screen sort of charisma and ability of Craig Gilbert. <laughs> so you can't, you can't force that. Gilroy could have bloody riffed for about 40 minutes <laughs> judging it. You know, Telling the website. Yeah. Hmm? He, he where where out, are you from, Kent? What did you call me? Yeah, a bit, a bit like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. He picks out Kevin O'Burns as the winner, but additionally, <laughs> Kevin O'Burns' first present was the only one he pointed out as being badly wrapped. It's he like said, like, "Oh yeah, a kid could could look through and see that that's what that is." I love that he, line. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't there's, wrap it. There's genuine concern. It's like a kid could see that. <laughs> like it, like it's an exposed electrical wire. <laughs> it's like, like fuck. <laughs> But to be fair, that was before he got the Calvin Dash. We just put a lid on something, <laughs> just a paper yeah. lid that he didn't need. Cal- Calvin's had a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> the poor, the poor lads had a breakdown. <laughs> um, and I say that in official capacity. <laughs> but, you know. Is that uh, is that everything on the monster video? I well, have two ways long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All we've got to do left is each pick a a man of the match and the dick of the day. Because we do that on these, because it's it's fun, it's novelty. It's definitely not uh, everybody's really bored by this point. Do you see that Tommy Bow thing that came out today with Brian? Yes, with Brian Driscoll. Yes. That'll be on next year's podcast, guys. I was going to say, I was genuinely tempted this morning to see if we could swap the, uh, swap something out of this one and uh, and add that in instead. But yeah, I might have to say that. I've not seen this yet. Has Brian Driscoll got 10 siblings? Uh, yes. he yeah, he basically he, came he on says the show in the video that he has joke. ten siblings. <laughs> Still oh. the best. That is, I've, that's only sixty-three, was it? That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the one there. Yeah, that is yeah. the greatest thing that's happened in the past hundred years of rugby. I think so. Yeah. I think it's up there. I think yeah. it's sort of when we come to write the history of rugby, it sort of goes. William of Ellis didn't pick up a ball and run with it, but you know, whatever. We go to nineteen eighty-one and the first international. Uh, no, 1881, sorry, in the first international. 1981. Um, we go to 1987. 1981 was the first international with Eddie Butler. <laughs> Which in many ways was better. I don't need to finish this now, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
Craig Gilroy was born, of course, has to be <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the Lord and Savior. Had it been Craig Gilroy on that show, and I think about this often, he, he would have dealt with it in a more sensitive manner when he found out the children had all died in the fire. I think he'd have he'd have really enlisted emotion in that situation from <laughs> from the um from the one remaining victim of the fire. He'd have he'd have he'd have really got some some lovely sort of half out stuff out of it. Because that's that's what Craig Gilroy does. That's what he does. He's what he does. This is what he bloody does. <laughs> with that with all of that in mind. I'm going to give my man of the match vote to Craig Gilroy for being such a handsome, charismatic presenter who was just clearly a natural and he he tried his best with the whole club website thing and can't ask for anything more. Uh, I'm going to give my dick of the day to Craig Gilroy because I'd like a career. And if I can just bring his burning and crashing down before it kicks off. I am a deeply, deeply bitter person around Christmas and Ulster wingers. Those are my two real weaknesses and I've got them both together right now. Okay, Grav, you got a man of the match? Uh, my man of the match is uh, James Hook. Only because Rob Brydon can only spread himself so far. And he's doing quite a lot on telly at the moment. We need <laughs> no, trust trust me, he, he can keep spreading himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think James Hook is a natural successor to Rob Brydon having watched this video. Yeah. And he uh, can write, we know that. Yeah. And he can, he, doesn't, he doesn't sort of insert impressions. Into every conversation. I bet James Hook does a fantastic uh, Ronnie Corbett, if you ask him. <laughs> oh, I reckon he would. Hey, hey, I saw, do it, man. I saw James Hook playing some big games where he performed like a little man trap in the box. <laughs> uh, that's why that's why he is most famous troll. <laughs> <laughs> I almost oh, used to win Notorious me. again then, and I was going to yeah. get into an argument with semantics with Ben, no, and I, I can't I mean, do it again. I can't. <laughs> That would be that would be the correct use of the word. <laughs> ben, have you got a man of the match? Man of the match would have to be, I think, for services to Aaron Smith, it's going to be a very talented actress <laughs> <laughs> who's not afraid to be ugly for a, for, for comedy. Mm. She's a wonderful physical comedian, and that's uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> That's a good shout. Who is in some way related to the owner of Sunderland Football Club, I found out the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because he's called Louis Dreyfus, as a surname. I was like, that's strange. Oh. But, but it turns out they're related, so it's not strange. It's just family. <laughs> <laughs> it's genealogy. It's, it's just the way the world works sometimes. <laughs> uh. So... Robbie, you're, you've you've done your dick of the day. Yeah. Who's your man of the match? So speaking of family, my man of the match could only ever be one contender. Oh, thanks, um, man. This is going to be a classic squidge rug ball. <laughs> it's the real, yeah, real standout family member, and Christmas is all about family. So it is, of course, Toby Shanahan, the dog <laughs> of Dave Shanahan, because I admire the patience of putting up with. Dave Shanahan on a daily basis but also a cat and a mum at the same time Trudy massively overlooked yeah yeah. yeah, after, yeah. named after Sting's wife I assume <laughs> Toby was named after the jug <laughs> my dick of the day 
Uh, just to balance out Craig Gilroy being man of the match and just mm. to assert some dominance, my dick of the day is Robbie Owen, famous for... I don't know, you guys might or might not be aware he does a YouTube thing called Squidge Rugby. It's not as good as Craig Gilroy, but I'm just gonna, I just want the opportunity to call that guy a dick. It sounds bad. You and James Huck both. <laughs> <laughs> dick of the days, fellas. Go, Craig, you go first. Oh, it's, it's, it's Dave Shamblahan. Just... Oh. It, it, Everything he that's, was a That's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought of that about twenty seconds ago and I've repeated it in my head going, Don't mess this up, don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything he touched turned to shit. It was incredible. It, it's a performance I've not seen since Welsh rugby coaches taking on national jobs. It is <laughs> it was an absolutely horrific performance. Fair enough. Ben? Um, uh, Silla Black. <laughs> you put Oxo on orange, you're gonna go to hell. <laughs> that's that's referencing a tweet, by the way. I'm not genuinely wishing that the already passed away Silla Black goes to hell. They, I can just imagine Kevin <laughs> listing a late transfer request to bring her downstairs. Don't clip that up, guys. <laughs> Like just know. like uh, the fact that she like turned up at the pearly gates in St Peter's Day, and he's going through a record, and he's like, "Oh, did, did some songs with the Beatles? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good." In the video, helped, in the video yeah, helped, the video. helped a lot of people's lives. On surprise, what's this for the fucking? You did what with an orange? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, love, you're not coming in. Yeah, she genuinely like would go to confession, <laughs> and and can like confess about it, and they'd be like, "Oh, um, four bloody Marys," which. <laughs> To drink while you're after, after all the fucking oranges she's had. <laughs> no. Four Bloody Marys while she's in the queue waiting for Scarby to come in. <laughs> wow. Oh, that, was, that was a ride, that was. That's, yeah. uh, I think that's, that's wound up being one of our longest episodes, which is good. I think that's exactly what we were hoping for. Isn't that so, a bit every I time think... I'm on? I think I think there's a, there's a correlation here. It's really an occasion of equal weight and importance to our audience as the Sam Warburton red card or yes. the World Cup final from 2011. <sighs> Munster's Christmas wrapping challenge really will live as long in the memory. Yeah, you'd hope <laughs> so. You'd hope so. Well, Merry Christmas. I, mm. I will admit almost... I've got... A, a real admiration because I watched these three videos today and I thought, I'm even getting hours worth of content out of this. And then <laughs> we're having to cut it short. We picked our guests carefully, <laughs> you know. It's almost as long as Alberto Scarby's prison sentence is going to be. So I want to say thank you very much to uh, Mr. Will Owen for doing thank you. the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. And thank you, Grav. You're Merry welcome. Christmas to one and all. Merry Christmas. Um, may you have at least one good tiding, probably like nine or 12. And I hope there are many, many happy returns and also enters, you know, just whichever you, you prefer to use on a daily basis. Yeah. And a happy new year. Boxing Day, I hope, is pretty good. Not the film that came out a few weeks ago. I, I hope, I hope no everyone scenes. enjoys the 29th. The, that's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, uh, the yeah. film called Boxing Day came out a few weeks ago, like British rom-com thing. There are no scenes set on Boxing Day in it, 
but it's called Boxing Day, so it will play on Channel 4 every single Boxing Day for the rest of the time. That's smart. So I think it's a good good little squiz there, I think. Yeah, that's smart. Really that's, smartly named that's, that's the sort of clever idea that only the likes of Craig Gilroy could come up with. Yeah. I think so. I hear he's starting a podcast. Is he? Yeah. He didn't put a like, Twitter poll up like James the, the, um the, the rugby tournament that happens every four years, look back upon. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, that sounds what like quite a good concept. <laughs> he was really wanting the World League to come in so that he could start a podcast looking back at that. Well, because he's Irish, he only goes to the quarterfinals. <laughs> put that put that in your Christmas crackers, Welsh rugby. <laughs> I think that's a very good note to close on. Yes, I think so. Uh, thank you, thank you both for putting up with this. I hope all three of you have a very, very wonderful and happy Christmas. And I hope everyone listening, thank you for doing so. Thank you for getting through it. I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas time and a very merry, festive period and a very new year. I still do not have cancer. Thank you very much. Good night. Merry Christmas. I don't want to find Christmas. Merry Christmas, Craig. So we're going to cut all that Silla Black stuff, right? <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.